Previously on Heroes of the Hydean Way, four travelers landed on Felucia, drawn together by the Force for a camping trip that became a rescue mission. From travelers to teammates, they embarked on a grander journey, as their rescue mission became an epic quest to keep an unknown power out of the hands of those who might abuse it. From teammates to heroes, they worked to their strengths, helping the Sitharian Quilas free themselves from a grave shadow. After the brief reprieve of hyperspace, the four continue their quest on Cato Nemoidia, an urban jungle rather than a literal one. With Koba on point, what's next? Find out this week as they have a frank discussion. Welcome to Heroes of the Hydean Way. This is a Star Wars actual play podcast, and we're playing in Fantasy Flight Games' Force and Destiny system, using the Chronicles of the Gatekeeper adventure as developed by Tim Cox and Max Brook. This is Act 2, Episode 1, and I'm Ben, the GM for this adventure. I'm Koba, the Doug investigator, and it seems like we've taken literal months to get to Catanomoidia. First thing I'm doing when we sit down is finding a strong drink. What about you, Hillary? Well, uh, as, as the official sort of, um, shall we say, teacher and carer of this group, I feel like we should maybe hold back on the, the strong drink until we're not on the job, per se. Uh, I will, however, be likely at your side and with the rest of the kids along. Well, the kids and Kesh, of course, but I don't know. I'll look around. We'll find something fun. I'm Kesh, the Trindoshan Mystic Seer, and the thing I'm the most looking forward to is being able to stand up straight. The uh, ceiling in here is a little bit too short and hunched. <laughs> oh, is that why that is? I think yep. it's pretty roomy. That's 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 why I that is. It has nothing to do with age, Hillary. I thought it was just a stoop, scholarly even. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, what about you, Skip? Well, I guess what Hillary's saying is that if you're not the kids and Hillary's talking to Koba, then I guess that means Gudge and I are the kids. Which means, I suppose, we're free to go have fun. Within reason. I want to know if there's somewhere to swim there, because I haven't been swimming in a really long time, and, you know, Arbuin didn't really have much in the way of places to swim, and I just really want to go swimming. To learn more about our heroes, we get one task and another question. 
And it is now Kesh's turn. Hey, uh, Hillary. Yes? How do you learn to be an acrobat? Like, is there a school? In your family, did you not teach each other family ways? Mostly how to kill things in certain ways, I would, I would yes. imagine it involves stabbing and bludgeoning and blood and and, and, and shooting and tracking. Oh, and yes, 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 yes. More expedient ways of killing things. Well, my family is indeed an entertainment family. And we've always had somebody who was an acrobat. But mainly when it comes to learning acrobatics, you fall a lot. Often on your face or that, your back. That sounds side. unfortunate. I hear falling damage can be really brutal. The nice <laughs> thing about being an acrobat is you learn to deal with it, though, within hmm. a certain extent. Okay, so so you fall a lot, and when eventually you just you just stop falling. Yes, that's how you fly. Well, great. Then at this rate, anybody could become an acrobat. <laughs> exactly. Would you like to learn? It might be a little interesting. Because um, my, my stature is uh, slightly different from yours with the shorter legs and all that. But uh-huh. I think we could make it work. You could use your staff as like a push-off point and you could do a cool flippy thing and well, maybe bounce off that wall. Well, I, I really don't think I could do that. You know, wearing this nice new protective armor here, uh, you know, so we well, don't have the room aboard the ship when we're not traveling. As you will see, I'm a bit of a dab hand at tailoring. I could probably make something work for you. Hmm. Yes. Yes. Uh, hey, uh, K- Koba looks interested. Maybe, maybe you uh, should teach him. You should teach him. Koba would be a natural. With all the hands and the grabbing, oh, it'd be perfect. And I'm sure Skip would just love to learn to do some tumbling. <sighs> That's it. I know the dinner conversation tonight. D- Doug are exceptionally acrobatic. We're, we're a royal. So you fall a lot. We're arboreal. They fall and catch themselves on trees. You just gotta grab things with your feet. It's fine. Like you go. Yeah. Yeah. This is perfect. Good question, Cash. <laughs> Let's continue this discussion at dinner. Cash looks down at her three clawed hands and big clawed toes. Sighs. I mean, the claws will help. We can dig them into things. This is a great idea. Yeah, but they're, they're not very grippy. Well, then you just have to keep moving. We start off with looking at the silvered shell in hyperspace, a swirling tube of blue and light and stuff as all of this reflected off of the literally shining Guthrox 720, the wonderful turtle-type ship. The blue turns to lines, and the lines turn to dots, and boom, there in front is a blue-green orb with a bunch of wispy clouds overhead. And you see Ketonemoidia, purse world of the Nemoidian Trade Federation at one time. Now, I have to ask. We've been saying purse world. Is that like a bank? Yes. Because when you say purse suffix or following noun, I think of purse dogs, (laughs) which do not function as banks, but rather as living jewelry. Or 
like anti-theft devices. If you're lucky. Okay, thank you. The Nemoidian purse dog would be really big. <laughs> so as you're coming in, you see this and are approaching the planet. Skip's in the pilot seat. Cub is in the co-pilot seat. Not quite sure if Cash and Hillary are in the cockpit as well or whether they're like off doing other things. But before you actually get into the atmosphere, you get a radio call coming from the ground. Like, dee-dee, 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 Oh, uh, Kobe, you want to get that? Beep. Go ahead. Incoming ship. Incoming ship. Please identify yourself, your destination, and captaincy. Do we have documents for the ship? Check the glove box. <laughs> if it is registered, there would be a boss datapad somewhere. Yeah, there should be a boss datapad somewhere. I'm guessing the equivalent of a glove box. Yeah. If it's not there, try under the visors. Skip is just going to shoot Cub with this look of, we don't have any of that information, and we don't have a captain. Hold, please. Koba fumbles in the glove box, finds the boss data pad. This is the uh, where the silvered shell we're heading for. What was the name of the city we're going to? Jaro. 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 Standard uh, passenger ship. Passengers, yes. We have passengers. Hmm. Hello. Are you landing at a private facility, or are you using the public landing facilities? Public facilities. Okay. Please land up pad 1138, and process with security after you have landed. Thank you, Control. My lucky number. I'm really glad that you had answers for that, because... I don't think I've ever actually, you know, landed anywhere that wasn't, you know, off in the wilderness or somewhere that, you know, nobody kind of knew I was coming. The Empire requires ships like this to have paperwork, you know, just in case they need to know who to arrest. Should we make sure it has different names on it? Eh. I don't think anybody wants to get arrested again. As you're looking over the Bureau of Ships and Services data pad, you're seeing, yeah, the ship's called the Silver Shell. It had been Ozel's ship. Otherwise, everything else looks to be pretty in order, other than the uh, captaincy is slightly not alive and hasn't been registered under a new person yet. Does the documentation say anything besides a name for the captain? I'm not quite sure what you're meaning. I guess my actual question is, as far as the listed captain on the paperwork is concerned, is there a way from the paperwork that if one of us was to just claim we're that person that somebody would know? You can definitely try. Okay. It is a very viable thing. Every reason I'm coming up with just sounds like good reasons to spend threat or despairs on. So there's not a big, like, driver's license photo of the captain? <laughs> no, there isn't. <laughs> Good enough. So, as you come into the atmosphere, you see stretching up before you a world steeped in fog. Like, you can see planes, but even there, there's fog. 
it's like everything that you're seeing is above an immense amount of cloud cover. You're not entirely certain that there's anything down into the cloud cover, but you do see these arches rising up every now and then. You can see these almost looking like hammocks hanging from below them. As you get closer and pass by one of these, you're seeing this isn't a hammock. This is a city. It is ginormous. You're talking kilometers long from one point to the other. And like buildings on it, both going up and down. It is truly marvels of engineering that are there. All suspended over these canyons. As you get closer and closer, you finally get to the bridge city of Jorah which stretches out between a pair of towering rock arches. Lofty palaces and habitation complexes rise from the sprawling urban architecture that covers every centimeter of the bridge's surface. Bridges, walkways, and platforms connect the buildings at all levels, while speeders zip between buildings and under bridges. As you come closer to the city, the underside of the bridge comes into view. Buildings of all shapes and sizes descend from the bridge, mirroring the city above, where the upper city is alive and vital. However, the hanging city is dark, its bridges collapsed, and its towers crumbling. A dark mirror of the upper half. Looks like my kind of place. It's kind of strange seeing a place that you've only seen in a, you know, kind of weird vision thing before. Is that weird for you? I, I, don't, I don't know. I just like the duality. Feels like it says something about sentient beings. And the way we treat each other. In this womp rat race we call life. That's not really what I asked you. It's not weird, no. Okay. <laughs> So the silver shell comes in, and I do want to get an easy piloting starships check to land. I like piloting starships. That's good, because that's what you're doing. I'm <laughs> working. Easy piloting starships. Do, do, do. All right, so I'm rolling uh, yellow, green, green against a purple. And I go, oh, I am officially angry at Brandon, who has cursed me. That's not a despair. With a failure and an advantage. Kobo was distracting you, clearly. Can, for spite, in, in, in the situation of spite, when somebody fails, can the advantageous thing be that the player you wish to spite bumps their head real hard? <laughs> well, maybe not the no. player, but probably the character. <laughs> no, in real life. <laughs> is this is this how we generate a bunch more dark side points for ourselves as we start spending advantage to inconvenience each other? <laughs> <laughs> I think it does make sense because maybe Skip is not used to having to land within, you know, space parking garages. There's no trees to use as a triangulation <laughs> effect. So you've got one failure, one advantage. How would you describe that sort of landing? Like, okay, it skips not really all that familiar with it, but like 
I like to think that it's less Skip has done something with a lack of competence and more that Skip let themselves be distracted with the conversation with Koba about the visions and then the duality. And Skip was about to make a pretty decent landing, but then when Koba starts getting into the duality and human nature, uh, Skip just cocks their head a little bit to think and allows themselves to forget for just a moment what they're trying to do and uh, you know gets in there parking wise but definitely you know clips the side of the structure that they're trying to park at probably just like it's a very clumsy probably uh slightly damaging to the ship situation. You know, like if you take a, tur- a corner too too fast and then you, you get yeah, your side curb. mirror off. Yeah, mm. just inconvenient. So you sit down and with this being a bridge city, I'm expecting that these landing pads are fairly pad-like. It has a central core where you'd get cargo going up and down, but you've got like three or four of these pads that come out that you come in land on. Each one's about big enough for a freighter of the silver shell sides. You can see where crates would normally be put down. You can see a storage area for pit droids. You can see a cage over where there's a couple pit droids that could pop up and start working that says insert credit shit here. Off to the side is your fueling stuff. But otherwise it looks to be like really open, but also there's one way in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, Hillary will appear at the back of the cockpit. Did we have an accident? No? I feel as though I heard, um, shall we say a bump? It's just the hull settling. Ah, I see, I see. Hmm. I suppose since I have so little experience being on ships, I just don't know what I heard. Ah, let's go get ready to go. Skip's just got this face of... (laughs) (laughs) Nice landing, kid. Just a sigh. So how are the four of you gearing up to head out, or are you? Well, we we definitely already determined that we wanted to securely put the holocron back in the hiding spot that we had previously found it. So Skip will, just in a moment of, of brief paranoia, just go back and double check that, you know, that's all sealed back up and it doesn't look like there's any visible seam lines of the panel that that Skip put back over it and that sort of thing. Probably never fully unpacked their backpack, so just grabs that and he's ready to go. In the central area where the kitchen and the dining table and everything are, Hillary is waiting for everyone, rubbing his hands, all excited. Are we ready? We are ready, but we're not as ready as we might be. Cash. 
Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come uh, I'm coming, I'm coming. Oh, you're just so blasted slow sometimes. You can be last. Skip. Yeah, yeah, yes? I have something for you. He dives under the table, because that's where he was stashing things, because only one other person would probably see it. Uh, and he pops back out, and it's a mishmashed picture, newspaper-wrapped ball. Like... Not very well wrapped, but it's a solid kind of shape. And he shoves it across the table at you. Is it life day? Open it. It's, 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 I had some time on my hands. So it's the results of that. This is a nice ball. No, no, you you open it, Skip. You open it. You can shred it. It's just, it's just wrapping from one of the crates I found. No. Open it, open it, open it. He's excited. All right, yeah, Skip Skip very gingerly opens it. Uh, one would probably assume that Skip would be the type to open a present very sort of ravenously, but uh, Skip is definitely the peels it apart very carefully to save the paper uh, person. <laughs> I can feel myself growing older as we watch well you've gotten so very good at it by now dear oh no they have trains on this planet too well of course monorail is i'm I'm sure it doesn't even make any sense (laughs) everything's bridges so what skip sees upon um finally breaching the packaging is it's like another backpack but it's made of a mishmash of salvaged cloth that hillary was cobbling together so it's almost like a patchwork very earthy tones oranges and reds and browns but is is just effectively another backpack designed to kind of be slung loosely over your shoulder not quite messenger size it's almost more of a tube shape that you open at the base and you kind of shove mm. things in there. okay yeah i can picture that actually oh wow this is great i can hold so much more stuff now you do like to collect things, so it seemed appropriate. Yeah. And then Skip is going to very gingerly fold up the wrapping paper into like a very nice little square and put it in the new bag. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much, and we need to use it. Koba, this isn't quite as exciting, perhaps, as um, a new bag. But I know <laughs> that you kind of get in into places that can be... A little grubby. And sometimes you just need to tidy yourself. And he slides across a small square package, soft, wrapped in the same kind of newspaper, packing paper. And he, and he sits there like somebody that's just really eagerly waiting for someone to open a package. <laughs> like he's, he's practically bouncing. Koba uh, picks it up and... Turns it over in his hands once or twice, mostly to look for what looks like the most vulnerable part of the packaging. So as to open it as fast as possible, or as efficiently (laughs) as possible. You know, eye for detail and stuff, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he, he just sort of tears through the wrapping without too much concern for the state of the wrapping after it's done. And inside you find a handkerchief, or actually a set of handkerchiefs of similar cloth to what Skip's bag is, 
that can be folded very neatly either as a pocket square or just tucked in a pocket. Yeah. Oh. These are actually uh, pretty nice, Hillary. Uh, thank you. If you look at that one, it has a K on it, just for you. It has it has an Orabesh equivalent to a K on it. <laughs> just for you. I appreciate it. He smiles and does kind of like the, the finger guns, kind of, I know you're not too showy, but this is something I thought of for you. And then he turns and looks at Cash. You don't want anything, right? Right. I didn't think so. Uh, I've got everything I need. Oh, too bad! <laughs> grabs a ball probably about the size of like a, a playground ball or something of the paper again and throws it in your face okay fine Cash starts to like pick at it with her giant claws is having some issue with it and finally just getting frustrated it's going to, uh, to use her teeth to rip open a corner I wish she has a good handhold for her claws, and then rip open the paper. And as you rip it open, um, what almost springs out like a snake in a can is an immense Fourth Doctor multicolored patchwork scarf. With accents of the maroon, like the burgundy kind of colors, that is a more common theme, whereas everyone else is a little more patchworky. Yours has kind of a an intentional color scheme. Okay. Cash takes the, the scarf in hand. And uh, at the moment, her outfit consists of wearing like black slacks and like, almost like a gambeson kind of style within the, the burgundy painted armor over top, a breastplate, single pauldron just for you, Ben, <laughs> you know, bracers, greaves. And then she takes this multicolored scarf, actually grins, looks at Hillary and manages to like, then contain some of the grin and say, uh, thank you. And she's going to start to wrap the ginormous scarf around her neck and secure it in place. I was worried it might be a little drafty there. I know that I can hide away from the wind much easier than you. And he, he puts on his uh, ringmaster jacket that he found and he has since tailored slightly more to his shape. Pops the collar, business-like, and says, shall we go? <sighs> Cash picks up her, her staff, takes the remains of the paper that she tore open, passes them to Skip. All right, let's go. Skip happily takes these and delicately folds them as well. Look, you never know when you're going to need something papery. This is... Star Wars world. That's actually... Especially in the Star Wars world, right? Yeah. Might need to start a barrel fire somewhere. That, yeah. All right, let's get that ramp lowered. You're the one who has a move. There's a switch for it. But <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just going to just, just let, let, let me, let me pass Tillery and, uh, bing. <laughs> This is how we get into the dark side really quickly is just using the force to do mundane tasks. Yeah, yeah probably the best thing Cash, is, uh, the best decision <laughs> Cash has made is not buying the manipulate fine objects part of move yet. Because when, <laughs> whenever she does, I'm just going to use it for everything. <laughs> it's probably best if Leslie never plays a character with that option because I'll just be untying people's shoelaces. 
Oh, don't give me ideas. Is Kesh really that childish, though? Hillary is. Oh, my gosh. I mean, really, shoes are a classic weakness of uh, lesser species. So uh, <laughs> your wire party doesn't have? Yeah. Because we're, uh, we're all awesome. I suppose so. All right. Let us depart. Slash arrive. <laughs> you think right, about so it? stepping down off of the ramp. Do we need to be worried with with anybody greeting us or any like payment kiosk or anything, Ben? At the moment, it doesn't look like there's any uh, payment kiosk. Though, as the four of you get down onto the landing pad and get a little bit of ways, you see in the floor of the landing pad a darkened red line that as soon as you cross it, you hear a alarm go off. And then you can hear like the thrum of repulsor lifts happening from behind you. You turn around and you see the red line now lit and it almost looks like it's lighting up. There might actually be a force field there. You're not a hundred percent certain, but you see the silver shell rise up orient so that the landing ramp is facing exactly at the elevator set down again and then on the front two landing feet mechanical claw pressure things come up out of the landing pad and clamp around the landing gear then all the lights and alarms that are going off die off cash frowns her new scarf billowing in the wind <sighs> i was afraid of this is this standard affair or is this like something that happens in specific neighborhoods to keep people from bolting? Depends on the planet. But it's not weird that it happened. It's not super weird. Uh, considering Hillary's traveled a bit. Yeah, it's not super weird. It's not like normal, normal, but it's not super weird. Well, to be fair, Cash, uh, the planet is known as a purse world. They like to hold on to their assets. Or, in this case, collateral. That's what I was worried about. And then they're going to make it criffing difficult to find who we need to pay in order to release the ship. Uh, and there'll be late fees. Money. It's, and... It probably won't be too bad. I'm sure a little droid will come along or we'll see a being with a vest or something. We'll hmm. you get think it that. settled. But when they have an automated system like this, they're going to make us go track them down. <sighs> Dealt with it before. It'll be by the exit. <sighs> Just looking around, can we see which direction we're supposed to be moving? There's the one elevator that you can go down. Like, you can call it, and it's a cargo elevator. You could pr Looking at it, like, just from the door size, you could probably fit a land speeder through this door. So... It's probably a cargo elevator. Are there stairs? Uh, you do see, yeah, stairs. Okay. Yeah, there is a, you can see the door going to the stairwell. And it's saying, like, level 38. If nobody else is going to do it. 
Toba steps on the elevator. Okay. <laughs> that was point. Alright, remember where we parked. Hillary joins you. I mean, it's a giant silver ship that looks like a turtle. How can we lose it? Well, we're probably not going to be able to see it from below or in other weird angles. And it's just prudent to remember your spot. Now, see, we're, what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to smash cut to like 10 episodes later where it's like, <laughs> well, I was I was certain that we parked right here. <laughs> we just have the Seinfeld style episode where it's just us in a parking garage the entire time. No, no. Okay. Well, I mean, we could, we're the we heroes of the hiding way. If anybody can fill a whole episode in a parking garage, it's us. It's us. <laughs> uh, did you say level thirty-eight, or am I just yes? Okay. You can see a oversized ground floor button, and then a whole bunch of other buttons to be going, and also a card reader for you to like tap. I'm assuming someone pushes the ground button. Yeah, once everybody's on, Koba will do that. Wait, the the ground, that's where the kaiju are. <laughs> <sighs> you say you couldn't take a kaiju, Kesh? Main level. Well, I'm just saying yeah. I don't I don't want to do that first thing. Lobby. Smart out. <laughs> Some hunter you are. Yeah, you get down to the main level and all the way down you've got I mean, it's an elevator. Of course you've got elevator music. Going down, it moves relatively fast, not in the I am now suddenly a lot lighter speed, but definitely it moves with a reasonable pace. As you get to the main floor, it opens up, and you can see to one side a speeder rental place, off to another side a burger baron that is set up. Yeah, before you can get into Jorah properly, you see a off to one side a set of security wickets and a similar set of wickets on the way in for people to come in and out and everyone here barring i'm gonna go with one human and one one devorian is a nemoidian 99% 99% of everyone that you see is Nemoidian. Okay, are these folk at the wickets? Like, these are the security guards, or...? Uh, yeah, you've got... The security guards are Nemoidians. The people running the speeder rental are Nemoidians. The people running the Burger Baron are almost all Nemoidians. They've got the Devorian up front taking orders, and the you can see the other one in the back flipping burgers. Where are we going again? We have no idea, I don't think. We were gonna find somebody we knew. Uh, yes, we're trying to find um, our next lead, essentially. I don't know that we have a... Do we just not have a lead other than this planet? Yeah, because yeah, we know that Jorah was a Republic base during the Clone Wars. We know that Ward came here. If you guys are okay with it, I think the person that would make the most sense to have a direction would be Koba. Looking back at what Ben submitted for our uh, characters we might know proposals. Mm. So we get to the the main floor and we stand around like a bunch of tourists like, so, Uh, where do we go from here? Koba's going to, I assume if he knows this info broker, he probably has been here before. 
albeit maybe a while ago. Yeah, that was my general assumption. Yeah, so how far is the Drop View Cantina from where we've parked? To the best of Koba's knowledge, anyway. To the best of Koba's knowledge, not super far. Like, like we can walk it, like a, or... It'll be like a half-hour hike, maybe a bit more. You remember it being a spacer cantina. Okay. So it can't be too far from here. Sure. All right, everybody. We're heading towards a place called the Dropview Cantina. It's, uh... Well, nice enough place if you keep your head down and don't cause any trouble. All right? Okay. I never cause trouble. I don't know why you're looking at us. Our definitions of trouble might not be the same, Hillary. Fair. I will concede the point. Uh, don't get into a fight, is what I imagine is being said. <laughs> Do we need a speeder to get there? No, we can walk. All right. Let's save what few credits we have. We start walking. We we go to the security wickets, at least. Hopefully we start walking. Indeed. And you get to the security wickets. Does it look like they're doing weapons checks? Yes. Oh, no. Um, did you bring your bushy gun? No, we had talked about this, right? Where we determined that it was a better idea for... Skip to leave the big sniper rifle. It seemed imprudent to carry that through a highly populated city. Yeah, so all all I'm carrying is one of the small blasters that Koba had handed out. Uh, Kesh does not have a blaster. She only has her staff, but she is wearing the armor. Koba will probably try to squirrel away a few weapons. I mean, fair. Look, he's wearing his sap gloves, as, as is usual. But that's probably okay. Do we know, are they restricting all weapons, or is there, like, a level of weapon you're allowed? Well, I'm assuming what's happening is that the four of you are sort of standing around in the no-man's land of the first floor, like, not at the security wickets watching what's going on. So, how about I get an easy perception check? This is also, frankly, something that I think Koba would have checked beforehand, if possible, but I can... Uh, I can roll a vigilance or something if you want me to. Um, easy perception, four successes, three advantage. You're noticing that, yeah, you've got, you see, uh, one person looking relatively kitted up, but they come through, looks like across their back, they've got a blaster rifle. One of the security guards comes out, starts waving a wand over them. You can see it beeps over the blaster rifle gets down to the other side of the brandelier and starts beeping again. There's a discussion about it, then that person turns around and heads back into the baseboard, hits a button to start going up in the elevator. The wands and arches that they're using seem to be sensitive enough that, yes, they do detect pretty much all weapons, from what you can tell, but, like, sidearms normal east sidearms they let through. It's weirdly enough, as to liken it to something in our semi-real world, it's kind of like batteries. They allow batteries of certain sizes to get through, but if you take too much <laughs> Tibania gas in, 
they'll turn you around. At least that seems to be one of the detection things. I mean, Skip's rifle's got no hope of not being detected because <laughs> it's huge. But like, it does look like heavy blaster pistols could be on the low end of being detected and told to remain. So it's kind of a power thing more than an actual what the weapon is. If it's a more extreme weapon, they're frowning on it. If it's kind of a whatever pistol. Blasters and lower can get through, but like heavy blaster pistols, rifles, carbines, that sort of stuff. No, they're not allowing it. And also look like the guy had a grenade. Okay, but it doesn't look like they're taking um, light blaster pistols, vibro weapons, unless they're huge. Actually, with the three advantages, I'm going with that there's a small robed figure with two bodyguards going through. Both of the bodyguards have force pikes, and Hmm. they make it through just fine. Oh, okay. Cool. What's a force pike? It's um, what royal guards use, so it's a big polearm that is vibro-activated. It's it's a vibro-spear, essentially. Yeah, more or less. Or halberd. Something in that range. Yeah. So so it's it's a lot more serious than a vibro ring, I guess. Well, uh, I I just have this uh, this metal stick here to declare. You wouldn't deprive an old man of his staff, would you? Oh, if they're going to restrict more things, that was going to be the direction I was going to try to go. <laughs> the but thing I'm is, is that your staff does set off their alarms. Oh, there's a. Is there a battery in that? Is there a power pack? Cash actually wonders, not knowing. What is it? What uh, uh, mechanically? Uh, right now, it's just a Cortosis staff, but uh, technically, it can become something more if she had a Kyber crystal for it. But she does not. Yeah, I mean, I guess it it would have to have space for a power pack yeah. for that to happen. But like, I'm also going with it would also have the circuitry that would probably set off the detectors. Yeah. So I'm going with that. Yeah, they're going over and like everyone's got their like little bins that they've got all their weapons in. You've got Kobo with like the gloves. You've got the fibro rings, the blaster pistol, or the five shot, all that stuff in like one or two different of those bins that go through the detectors. You've got a skip with the next one where there's the normal blaster pistol going through and then the bag. Actually, sidebar. Before we go through the thingies. (laughs) Excuse me, we need to have a sidebar over here. Yeah. We'll step out of line, don't worry. (laughs) This ideally would be a before we got in line situation. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Okay, who has things that they are worried will get taken away from them? Well, I mean, I'm always worried that someone's going to try to take Gudge away from me. Uh, weapons. They seem more, oh, more concerned with technology, my dear. I've, I've only got a staff. I'm not worried. I'm good. All right, Hillary, I have a job for you then. But, okay. Koba hands Hillary a what seems to be some of the handkerchiefs Hillary had given him earlier wrapped around something. Hold on to this and all right, Kesh, uh, skip. When I give the signal, when we're up there about to go through, you need to stand in front of Hillary 
try to make sure that the guards don't notice. Hillary, when I give you the signal, you need to go past the checkpoint. Don't stop. Don't lurk or pause to look around or try to interact with anybody. Just trust me. So what you're saying is you would like me to walk through as perhaps I owned the joint? Uh, no, faster than that. Faster? Oh, no sauntering, no sauntering. Let's, okay. let's say about as fast as you might if you knew you were functionally invisible, but only for a few seconds. I see? Okay. Uh, uh, okay, so we're, we're going to try to block Hillary from view. Um... I, I do enjoy subterfuge, but I, I usually enjoy it more when it's related to surprise parties, not getting shot. But as you will. If anybody else has anything that you want to give Hillary, do it now. I suddenly am getting uncomfortable with the situation. Uh, again, I, I don't think I have anything. It'll be a problem. Skip. Hmm. Well, if my behavior seems mulish later on, Koba, you know it's your fault. Just take care of that. Okay. Tucks it away. All right. <laughs> well, the nice thing is when we actually get back in line and when Kesh, Kesh's staff does set off the alarm, that also might provide another opening for Hillary. <laughs> yeah. So I think what Koba will do then is kind of, yeah, let Kesh go first. Okay while kind of managing Skip as a, just kind of make it hard for people to notice Hillary in a crowd position. And once... We're using my height to block Hillary, is that the... That's correct. You're crowding me. And then once, yeah, some sensor goes off on something of Kesha's, Kova is going to use misdirect on Hillary. All right. Or I guess rather using misdirect on the guard is what's going to happen, but Yeah, on the guard to, to cover Hillary. Conceal Hillary. Gotcha. So I've got So we might as well deal with that force use first. Do I ended up with two light side pips and one dark side pip. Um, oh hey, nice uh force rating too there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh and right Welcome now I only need the one pip on this power because I don't have any special features on it. So I'll use one of the, the light side pips. So the guy that is checking out our line and is currently checking out Kesh cannot perceive Hillary until the wh whatever would be the beginning of my next turn time-wise. So Kobo will then motion Hillary to like go, go. I mean, I'm stretching this slightly and just extending it to the work crew of that station which would, in effect, be its own minion group. Well, and I, I'm, I'm also happy to roll some, like, deception or skullduggery or some such to provide an additional distraction, if need be. That's coming up. I mean, we still have the whole actual checking out. Yeah. Kesh goes first, just sort of walking through the staff. Being a walking staff doesn't go through the scanner. They bring out the old wand thing. And it goes off and it's like, Doop. yeah, like this staff here seems to be setting off our uh, detection. Is it electronic or something? Is it a vibro weapon? Uh, it, 
the metal stick I found. I mean, it's decorative. I I really haven't opened it up and looked in, inside of it or anything. There's no power cell that I'm aware of. Cash is going to start fiddling with it some, seeing if she can figure out <laughs> where there is a power cell. Being careful in how she's holding the staff. That way, if it uh, does prove to activate as a weapon in some other way, she doesn't, you know, accidentally kill somebody. That is a pretty fancy stick you got there. I mean, looks all metal and such. Last one I saw through was a Mandalorian with something like that, but it just, that was all like single smooth. This has got stuff on the outside. Looks really gnarly. Those are just decorations. I mean, it's not like this is made of Beskar or anything like that either. Fair enough. Say, are you off of that ship that just came in up? Shining turtle something? Shell? Yeah, yeah, the, the shining turtle. That's that's us. Uh, is there a problem? Do we have a fee we need to pay? Like, gotta go through the start and spiel here, you know? All right. <clears throat> Welcome to Jorah, the city of Catanamoidia. We are under Imperial rule here. Please respect the stormtroopers when they come. Like, landing fees for the landing pad are 50 credits a day if you want you can pay them up front there's a pay kiosk right next to the biscuit baron and Zed will be happy to take your credits there you can pay in advance or you can pay when you gotta leave but that's totally up to you but totally needs to happen no of, of course of course um we're not quite sure how many days we're going to be in Jora, so I imagine we're going to pay at the uh, at the end. Oh, like that totally makes sense, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So is the is the staff okay to take through, or do I need to uh, put it back on the ship? Yeah. I mean, it looks like just a staff. We're getting a few alarms off of it saying like Nikto? I don't know. Get, get uh, yeah, so it's shit. Nikto writing on it. Yeah. Uh, well, look, I'm I'm going to be frank with you here. I use it to okay, support frank. myself. <laughs> I I used to have this nice bone cane, and uh, and I lost it, and then I found this among some of the last haul we were bringing in, and it's been working pretty well. Oh, that totally makes sense, Frank. Yeah, no. <sighs> you can like totally take it in sure okay well thank you though if you find out anything else weird with it be careful with it because we don't want anyone getting hurt with like I mean it's a staff you can hurt people with those things anyway but um yeah I know for first yeah. uh, chance I get I'm gonna figure out where that power cell is and make sure it's uh safely taken out since I'm not sure what it uh what, what it would power all right, yeah, like yeah, totally there. Hmm. All right. Well, you uh, you have a good day. All right. Bye, Frank. What kind of name is Frank anyway? <laughs> oh, I was close enough to hear that exchange, right? <laughs> Please say yes. <laughs> why? Why is that empty air chuckling? <laughs> uh, also, I just realized what I think Koba had smuggled through. 
So, so the question is, what about skips? After Cash would be Koba going through with all of Koba's distinct weaponry. It's like, oh, those are interesting things. Do they like work? <laughs> what do you mean by work? Well, how do they work? They look like yeah. you would try and cut into someone. You, you throw them. You, you what, throw them. You and throw they... those? Yeah. And you can hit people with them? I mean, in as much as you can hit people with anything you throw. Wow. These are, these are competition uh, vibro rings. Competition vibro rings? Yeah. Where do you compete with that? All over. There's a league. Oh. Are they fine? Yeah. They look dangerous, but yeah, sure. Well, they are dangerous. That's, you know, the point. Everything that you're showing me here is all nice and okie-dokie. Those are pretty gnarly, but absolutely, man. All right. And just sort of nods at you. Thanks. You have a good day, um, officer. Whatever. Turn. I'm sure he has a name tag. Koba. Yeah. It's Trying to be officer professional. Bob. Officer what? Bob. Bob. Yes. I, I love him. Can we adopt this NPC? The one who's actually got the wand that gets waved around has Doug on their name tag. Well, now, now, Doug is is not a Doug, though, right? No, <laughs> Doug is not a Doug. Doug is a Nemoidian. If they need a wand to know that I'm a Doug, <laughs> specious. All right, our last party member. Thing, yeah, Doug's there with the wand, going over Skip. All I'm carrying is the one uh, basic blaster. All right. You're not carrying the training saber? Uh, no. Okay. Then, yeah, it would not detect anything. Just sort of go over, go over, and then, yeah. Skip's just going to look really pleased with themselves in Kesha's general direction. <laughs> what? I, I didn't know there was a power cell in here. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what it does with it. It's really nice to meet you, Frank. <sighs> Okay, no, no, that guy can make the joke and I can't. I'm sorry, you're right. <clears throat> you hear snickering from Hillary's direction, but Hillary's trying to be well-behaved because he's invisible. I mean, by now, Kobo would have stopped and Hillary was only ever invisible to the guards anyway. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, I think the next gift I'm going to try to learn is how to erase all your memories of a uh, conversation I have with the guard. <laughs> Why would you want to do that, Frank? We could all be... Just the best of friends. The best of friends, Frank. It sounds like a pretty slippery slope there, Frank. Look, it was a it was a turn of phrase I've heard humans use before. Stick around long enough and you pick up some some habits. Yeah, if, we'll if humans jumped off a bridge city, would you uh, jump off the bridge city too? Well, the nice thing about jumping off the bridge city is I, I feel like you've got enough time to get a good nap in before you die horribly. Look, can we just, uh, get, can we move on? We've got, uh, you know, places to be. Can I have my package back, Hillary? 
Ask me like a spy, and then I'll give you your package back. <sighs> the Minoc has come home to roost. <laughs> but the Minoc has found the nest empty. Hands you the package. Koba returns his training lightsaber to the inside of his jacket. <laughs> All right, Koba. We're behind you and Frank. Okay, so you are heading to the cantina? Yeah, I don't think we really have any other any detours to make unless somebody has thought of something they are desperate to have. We'll screen wipe to a little bit later, the sun has moved in the sky, and like there's speeder traffic. You're walking along one of the lengthwise uh, speeder paths, roads, I guess you could call them. You come up to the Dropview Cantina. You find that it is so named because it sits right on the edge of the bridge city. Its terrace is overlooking the long drop of the mist below. The cantina juts from the rim of the bridge itself and is accessible directly from the docks. While most establishments in Jora are frequented only by Nemoidians, and you've seen several so far, the drop view attracts spacers, traders, and even corporate visitors looking for a little excitement. And yeah, you can see a fairly mixed group of people inside, species-wise. You see the Devorian off in the back, looking up kind of creepily over his drink. You can see the towels and uh, the chatter fan talking and like, moving around. Looks to be like a miniature Dajaric set on their table. You see a fair spread of species in there. On the far wall of the cantina, you can even see it lined floor to ceiling with windows, providing a view of the open air beyond. The decor seems to be of Clone Wars memorabilia, which includes everything from pieces of armor to mounted droid parts, weapons, and even propaganda items from both sides. Uh, well, this takes me back. Yeah, nice seedy cantina. I, I meant all the all the stuff on the walls. Oh. <laughs> I thought you meant the grime from half a dozen rim worlds and uh general aroma of Scum? Spacer. Villainy? Mm. Actually that's pretty familiar too. I missed it a bit on Arboine, tell you the truth. I don't know. The fresh air was nice. Mm. I'll trust fresh air. You don't trust anything. That's fair. All right, let's find your friend. Contact. Well, whatever you want to refer to them as. This episode of Heroes of the Hydean Way. You can find show updates on Twitter at the Hydean Way, and you can find me Ben on Twitter at Deuterium Ice. Oh, I'm first. Yep. Hello. I'm not used to being first. I'm Brandon, and I'm on Twitter at Blue of the Kitten, and my 
Star Trek Adventures actual play on which uh, Christine is a player is at Endeavor Show. I am Leslie at Leslet GS, and this is where I live. I can be found on Twitter at Twelfth Night. That's one two T H and Night with a K. And I run am at Atomic Firebird on Twitter or my Twitch at Make Believe Live. We are all at thehydeanway.com, where you can find previous episodes. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Plus, you can help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing. We are also on Facebook as The Hydean Way. And you can holocom us at heroes at thehydeanway.com. If you like what we do and you want to support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash thehydeanway. Or you can send the team some calf at ko-fi.com slash the hiding way. I just want to say, can you imagine a glass bottom pool on one of these bridge cities? <laughs> like, I'm going to dive in. Oh my goodness, there's nothing beneath me. <laughs> Wait a second. Hillary. Yes. Cash. Yes. Are we the Star Wars version of Three Men and a Baby? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> if, if anything, we're, we're four beings and a gudge. I think I've seen that show. <laughs> <laughs> Full ship. Why do the strangest feeling that eventually, sometime in Act Two, it's going to come down to Cash climbing something? Using her claws. That's catch a story arc. This act. I mean, she, she, she's she can be pretty boss at uh, athletics checks now. So. Did you pre-type the word crates because you knew you were going to say the word crates? No, that was earlier. Like you yeah, that was earlier. Was talking about the crate <laughs> elevator. I'm sorry. I just look over to type crates and it's already there. <laughs> I could sense it. <laughs> no, actually, the reason it's in it being in chat is probably why I use the word crates in that sentence. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> oh, good. There's actually two trains now. <laughs> you summoned them, Christine. Oh, uh, so that <laughs> they've been waiting all month. Can you tell it's been a while? Yeah, I'm just also so going with y'all aren't the only ones to come up with that joke. Um, <laughs> What, ground level or kaiju? The kaiju. Sing. Nikto? I don't know. Yeah, so it's Nikto writing on it. Yeah. Well, look, I'm going to be frank with you here. I use it to support myself. I use... I, I used to have this nice bone cane and uh, and I lost it. And then I found this among some of the last haul we were bringing in and it's been working pretty well. Oh, that totally makes sense, Frank. Yeah, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, you can like totally take it in. Sure. Okay, well, thank you. Though if you find out anything else weird with it, 
be careful with it because we don't want anyone getting hurt with, like, I mean, it's a staff. You can hurt people with those things anyway, but. Um, yeah, I know. For, first yeah. uh, chance I get, I'm going to figure out where that power cell is and make sure it's uh, safely taken out since I'm not sure what it, uh, what, what it would power. All right. Yeah, like, yeah, totally there. Hmm. All right, well, you uh, you have a good day. All right. Bye, Frank. What kind of name is Frank, anyway? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was close enough to hear that exchange, right? <laughs> Please say yes. <laughs> why, why is that empty air chuckling? <clears throat>